What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast and supporting our podcast, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on SoundCloud, the ESPN Chicago app, wherever you picked up this podcast. Thanks so much, as always, for being part of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. So you know why we're playing this song, right? Because that is the theme of CM Punk, the cult of personality. And so let's talk about All Elite Wrestling just for a second, where we are here as we record this here on Wednesday, the 28th of July. Let's talk about this. So I know that you might have heard or read that CM Punk very likely can return to wrestling. Not only CM Punk, but also Brian Danielson. But we'll start with Chicago's own CM Punk first. So, CM Punk, when we saw him last wrestling, was with the WWE. And it was exciting because it was different. When he was wrestling for the WWE, CM Punk brought something that was new, that was not like the stagnant John Cena or Triple H or even The Undertaker. CM Punk was different because I believe that CM Punk was one of us, a wrestling fan that happened to be a professional wrestler. I saw him in the Indies. I saw him be able to rise through Ring of Honor. I saw him in the WWE. And because there's always shades of gray, like is this a shoot? Is this a quasi shoot? Is this... Uh, kind of a work shoot, whatever was going on with CM Punk, there was always questions. And when it comes to television shows, when it comes to trying to find out what's going to happen next, that's really the essence of pro wrestling is the cliffhanger, what can we expect next week, what's going to be said about this, and that's really professional wrestling in a nutshell for me. If you're a younger professional wrestling fan, a a fan of sports entertainment, a fan of WWE, you probably don't really know the feeling of really great cliffhangers, really great storylines that have teeth, storylines that can last six to eight weeks into a big event, not even a pay-per-view, but just a major house show. That's what I grew up with before the pay-per-view era where you're watching every week and you're saying, okay, so what happens next week? You go to the arena and your favorite wrestler gets screwed and you say, well, maybe they're going to get him next time. Now, again, I've watched a lot of professional wrestling over the years. As you well know, if you've listened to me over the years, you know that I've seen seemingly almost every angle and then some because I've watched a lot of this shit for a long time. But... When you think about the history of wrestling, starting now and going backwards, starting now in 2021 in July and going backwards, the number one thing that's always going to hook you and I is a storyline, a male soap opera, which is exactly what it is, a male rope opera, a male soap opera, uh, and to see what's going to happen the next week. Ultimately, that's what wrestling is. For some of you that grew up in the John Cena era or post-Hogan into the Ultimate Warrior era and all that, sometimes the WWE, the head of the tail when it comes to wrestling, the head dog when it comes to wrestling, did not hook you for next week. It was flat. 
or it wasn't the finish that you expected, or there were a lot of loose ends with the story. But just like any long-form soap opera that your grandmother or your mother watched over the years, or your dad watched over the years, there's always a hook to watch the next episode. And so when I watch wrestling in the past, whether it's Mid-South, whether it is the National Wrestling Alliance, whether it is some of the other territories across the country, that's the thing that hooks you, right? And so with CM Punk, when he was in WWE, when he was out there with a promo or he's out there in a match or whether or not he was going to actually walk away and leave professional wrestling, leave the WWE with the championship, that was kind of cool, that whole thing. I'm sure it's all worked with Vince and CM Punk to be able to have people watch, but at least you were watching week to week to find out what he was doing. In WWECW, to see CM Punk out there, it made me happy because I saw him on national TV. Yes, it was sci-fi, yeah, but we did see a guy that was giving his all and giving you something different. So I appreciate CM Punk's run the WWE, even if he did not. Because you can go in the archives of uh, the Colt Cabana podcast when Colt and CM Punk were cool. And CM Punk just laying out everything from his point of view about the doctors and how he wrestled injured and how he did not have the proper care. All of that is all-inclusive with CM Punk. Him talking about uh, his, his lack of um, really compassion or his lack of verve for the WWE uh, with Vince McMahon and especially Triple H. Go for that podcast. It's on YouTube as well. Check that out because he was really burned by the WWE in his view. And I thought that he was going to be completely done. I mean, we've seen CM Punk do some commentary uh, for the MMA. We've seen him in the cage actually fight a couple times. We've seen him do a WWE show, a talk show before. So he's been around the combat sports sphere, but now he might be returning. And I don't know in what way, shape or form, but it sounds like from everything we're reading that he will return to AEW. And uh, him going to AEW is very interesting, especially when you take a look at the way the company is right now. We'll get into that in just a moment. But CM Punk, back on the wrestling landscape, and possibly with AEW. So what does that mean for him? Does that mean that he moves mountains and goes right to the top of the card? Does that mean that he's like a, a wrestling legend that will only wrestle every now and then? Will we see him every other week on Rampage or Dynamite? I don't know. But there's plenty of wrestlers at the top as far as veterans that CM Punk could wrestle. Then there's a huge tier three and tier four of wrestlers in AEW that still have not been developed. Now, this is going really fast. This is a crash course in booking. For Tony Khan. I mean, it's extremely fast. If you are a booker and you have time, you don't have to book the world and then have three or four TV shows. I talked about this in previous episodes. It is a dangerous game that Khan is playing here by having so much television. Now, hey, one side of it, and I know the business from this in this regard, you're just trying to push inventory, right? You want advertisers to be part of your company if you're AEW. So 
it doesn't matter what the ratings are, especially today in 2021. You know, you're, we're done with the Monday Night Wars. It's not going to be four five against four four like it was in the late '90s. So that's done. That the whole ratings thing doesn't really mean anything to me. But I am concerned about the watering down of a product. It happened to the WWE. It happened to WCW. And I'm watching this AEW show, and I'm thinking, boy, there's a lot of talent here that really needs to have TV time and ring time. It's one thing to have a show on Wednesday nights, but it's another to have one on Friday and then have one on Monday and Tuesday. It's it's a lot. So I'm just trying to figure out where CM Punk fits into all that. And I wonder if he does return to wrestling and returns to uh, Chicago at All Elite Wrestling. He has the gift of gab, one of the best guys in the mic in the history of the business. You saw what he said about John Cena and Triple H and that pipe bomb promo and other things that he's done. I mean, even before that, Ring of Honor, he was, he's always been very good with the mic, always good to be able to express himself. He's always been great with that. But as a veteran wrestler that's been away from the business, it's not like he doesn't know how to wrestle, but exactly how will he be utilized? Because if it's the schizophrenic booking that we get from time to time from AEW, where here you are one week and I don't see you in week four, or here I see you, you know, for the next couple of weeks and then you disappear for a month, or you're in some kind of weird vignette, I don't know how that works. But it is a circus tent of a lot of wild animals and a lot of different things and a lot of moving parts in AEW right now. And everything's booked by Tony Khan, as we've heard many times. Tony said that the only one's going to be booking AEW is me, and that's great, but these shows need to be able to harness talent, and CM Punk, no matter how much he's making, if he's an underutilized, then this is Bret Hart WCW. There's no question. You and I can be excited about seeing Punk back on the wrestling landscape. I have no problem with that. Being back in wrestling, that's great. Absolutely. But don't misuse a talent that can help you move to another level as a company. Don't misuse a guy like that. You know, staying next to Darby Allen as a guy who's 61, 62, he's not wrestling every night. He's not wrestling every show, but every other show or most shows, he's there. Maybe not saying anything, but giving the rub to Darby Allen, which is exactly what a veteran is supposed to do. Um, even when Sting does wrestle, Sting in burst looks really good. I, I haven't seen Sting look bad since he's been in AEW because he's utilized properly. The hope is that CM Punk can be utilized the same way. And, he, and AEW, for God's sakes, doesn't need a fourth broadcaster. Punk doesn't need to do that. Um, but I think that there's some matches there that Punk could be a, a part of and could really be a babyface and really help AEW if utilized properly. See, he, all there's already tons of talent in AEW. Now, how do you harness them? How do you showcase your top eight, top 10, top 12 wrestlers every week, whether it's in, in promos or in-ring action? How do you do that? And so that's going to be the big question about that. So CM Punk back in wrestling, all well, forward, as long as you utilize the homeboy, the homie from Chicago.
Ryan Danielson available for AEW as well. Along with CM Punk, we've heard the rumors of Brian Danielson coming to AEW as well. So, that would be interesting <laughs> on a number of different levels. Brian Danielson watched him and paid to watch him at Ring of Honor as well. And Brian Danielson was a wrestler's wrestler when he was in Ring of Honor. You can go back and find those matches, and boy, he was a tremendous, straight-ahead, straightforward, quality wrestler. The Dragon was someone that you didn't want to mess with because he would just tie you in knots. You talk about a man with a hundred holds or a thousand holds, he knows them all and knows the counter to all of them. Brian Danielson is a wrestler that reminds me of some of the wrestlers, the old shooters in the past that I'd watched when I was a kid, when wrestling was wrestling, when it really was mat-based and, uh, and really getting over that way with an audience because Brian Danielson is a guy that can bring any company credibility. But Brian Danielson goes from the Indies, he goes from Ring of Honor, all the travels, to get to the WWE. He meets his wife in the WWE, but before all that, you remember he was part of that NXT, when NXT was really horrible, and being tied up with The Miz. And you know The Miz, whether you think he's a WWE Hall of Famer or not, he is. But just never a guy that you say, boy, I got to pay to see The Miz. I've never felt that way. Yes, he's always on cards I might have gone to, but I've never said, you know what, tonight, God, I got to go see The Miz. And for all of the independent wrestling fans or those that followed Brian Danielson, for him to be, first of all, called Daniel Bryan, and then for him to be put down by The Miz, it seemed like that that was going someplace until Vince McMahon all of a sudden didn't see anything in Brian, didn't see anything in him. And so that pissed me off because I'm thinking, well, you know, here's your next, for better or for worse, Chris Benoit, or your next Dean Malenko, or your next uh, Chris Jericho in some ways. You know, Jericho, a younger Jericho, of course, or someone that can really show you something different in the ring than what you've seen, or any luchador, um, or any wrestler from Japan that would come over. Daniel Bryan could have been able to bring that to the WWE, but he was not. He's part of the Nexus, and he was fired and not let go by the company because Vince didn't get it because he was choking Justin Roberts with a tie. You know, big schmas that happened with the Nexus. Uh, Nexus, by the way, and a number of those stars should have been able to get over to turn that company over. Nexus should have been able to get over. Um, I really believe that there should have been a world champion or a long form intercontinental champion run for someone like a Wade Barrett in that in that particular um, faction, but it never happened. So I'm looking at Brian Danielson as someone, if he comes into AEW, instant credibility. The question is, is that what are we getting here? You're getting the Brian Danielson that can wrestle and does have some personality from his time in the WWE, or are we getting Daniel Bryan that's sitting in a diner with Kane, or sitting on a psych a psych couch with Kane? What are we getting here with Brian Danielson if he does come to AEW? 
Now, the reason why that Brian was even doing some of that stuff and being part of Team Hell No, because, again, the WWE is heavy on the entertainment and light on the wrestling, unless you get WrestleMania or unless you have a tentpole event for their pay-per-views. That's just, it's just the way the company is built. I mean, Nick Khan, if you go back to the archives of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, you heard what Nick Khan said. They don't even, don't even worry about the wrestling part. They're just trying to sell merch. They're just trying to get awareness. It couldn't care less about anything else beside money, which is great. That's nothing wrong with the bottom line, but the in-ring product suffers. You have 250 or 300 wrestlers in a company, but only three or four can, uh, can ever get over. And usually those three or four are either one or two people that's on the current roster, and the rest of them are people like Goldberg and Undertaker and John Cena, and those that are just helicoptering into the company and to only fly out. You know, it just it's just the way the company is run. Uh, whether you like it or not, that's just what it is. It's like the, the company is just based on trying to create awareness, trying to get merch, trying to get money, uh, and you know, trying to win on their TV deals, and then that's it. The wrestling is like ninth or tenth on the list. So with Brian Danielson, what are you getting if you're AEW? And what are you expecting from Brian Danielson? See now, so with him being away for a while. Danielson, as far as I know, is healthy. You remember that he was away from this, from wrestling for a while, away from the WWE where he could not wrestle because they thought his career was over, and now he wants to go and wrestle again. Well, here's what I would like to see. I don't necessarily have to have CM Punk or Brian Danielson AEW. I always think that wrestling is best when you can spread the wealth. My generation of wrestling, which could still resonate today because there's so much wrestling on TV and on the internet that you could find, from MLW to the NWA to the WWE to New Japan Pro Wrestling to Impact Wrestling to uh, to some of the super indies and um, wrestling in Mexico, wrestling in Canada, all across the world, uh, from Ireland and all over the UK, NXT, over and over again, uh, AEW, there's so much wrestling that's out there, right? So much that you can watch. OTT in Ireland, a lot. And my thought is, is that these wrestlers, like Brian Danielson in particular, he didn't need to be in AEW. I know it would be a lighter schedule and probably some money commensurate to what he makes in the WWE, at least for a year or two. But... What I want is for the Ring of Honors, the MLWs, and other companies to be able to have talent like this. Because, as I mentioned when I was talking about ROH Best in the World, that's in the archives of TWT here on this podcast. Go back and find my thoughts on it. Brian Danielson wrestling some of those guys in ROH would elevate ROH. It would get them out of the basement of pro wrestling. Uh, They could be able to draw. And I think that when you have multiple companies that can draw fans... Uh, and spread the wealth when it comes to not just young talent, but veteran talent, that's good for the business. Uh, I'm not going to be the selfish wrestling fan that says that all the talent that doesn't want to go to the WWE anymore or, or let go, they should all be in AEW. Because even Tony Khan's got a hard time being able to balance everything. Now, once these shows are solidified, like Rampage, that's going to be on Friday nights after SmackDown, and what they're doing with Elevation and Dark and Dynamite, and all, I mean, four shows already, they're not even two years old, not even three or four years old yet. It's a lot. So who gets over? That's the question. Who's Besides Kenny Omega, besides the Young Bucks, besides Cody Rhodes, uh, in this company, who gets over? 
Does Danielson get a seat at the table? Does CM Punk get a seat at the table as guys that get over? And then if those guys get over, then what about the younger wrestlers in the company? What about those guys? And then, of course, the influence of New Japan and the new the influence of Impact, all part of AEW. The forbidden door is open. Great. But when will you shut the border doors? When will you shut the border wall? <laughs> the forbidden door is open. That's great. But who gets over? After At some point, it's like WWE 1989, where you have all these wrestlers that are coming in from the NWA, and, and when the uh, territory shut down, all their top wrestlers all came to WWE, including, you remember, Kerry Von Erich uh, and so many others. Here comes Jarrett from Memphis. Here comes Von Erich from Texas. Here comes outlaw Ron Bass. Here comes this wrestler from, like, Billy Jack Haynes from Portland. Here comes wrestlers from the Florida Territory. Steve Kern becomes Skinner. Yeah, all these things happen, right? They all come to WWE, and then they all can't get over. You know, all these wrestlers that were making decent money in the indies all of a sudden come to WWE in 89 and 90, and it's like, oh, we got a lot of wrestlers here. Yeah, but... You know, ninety-five percent of them can't get over. So that's what you don't want. I only I, sometimes I go through these wrestling lessons to try to bring a point forward to where we are in twenty twenty-one. You may love AEW, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying that you have, you don't want to do what WCW did in the past under Eric Bischoff, in which you only have a few wrestlers are over, and then you just shit on everybody else. That nothing, that you're not cultivating other talent. That's a dangerous game when you're a promoter with money and TV. So I'm hoping that Danielson and Punk, if they're both in AEW, that's great. There's a reason why, as we move to this now, there's a reason why that all of a sudden there's going to be an August 20th AEW Rampage show at the United Center in Chicago. Wait a minute now. <laughs> we already saw that Dynamite Rampage and All Out was going to be at the uh, Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, in suburban Chicago. And all of a sudden now, there's an August 20th show at AEW Rampage, which I believe I'll be at live to see. And if you're going to book this show on August 20th, and you have other three other shows uh, on September 3rd and 5th, that means that CM Punk or Brian Danielson will be in Chicago on August 20th. And I got to see that live. There's no question I got to see that live. If I can get in there, I got to see that because you could just tell something's going to happen. If you watch the uh, AEW Dynamite show from Charlotte, you saw uh, Sting and Darby Allen doing a promo. And Darby Allen said something like, I'm going to be in Chicago on August 20th, you know, to see the best in the world or compete against the best in the world, which is a line uh, that is associated with uh, CM Punk. There's a reason why this building's booked. So let's talk about that. As you well know, and some of you that are listening outside the Chicagoland area across the country and around the world, I appreciate you checking out the podcast. But Chicago is the wrestling capital of the fucking world. Yes, we are. Chicago is the wrestling capital of the world and has been for a long time. I don't care how many great matches have been in Madison Square Garden or who it's been uh, in Los Angeles, or what's been in Dallas, uh, or what's been in St. Louis, or other places across the country, or in Canada with Montreal, or big matches in Toronto. There's nothing like Chicago. 
because going back, I'm just going to go to the 1950s at Old Comiskey Park. WrestleMania was here. Um, There's been Starcade was here. All the major events over the years, including quality independence, have been here in Chicago. It means a ton when you have a show in Chicago because we are batshit crazy for wrestling. We love wrestling in this city. We have supported wrestling in this city for generations. Our grandparents' grandparents watch wrestling in Chicago. <laughs> uh, at the old Marigold and at International Amphitheater, um, you know, the Chicago Stadium and for the UIC Pavilion and Chicago Ridge and all these places around the suburbs and across the state of Illinois, but nothing like Chicago. We love wrestling. And so when I see AEW with four shows, not three, now one is in Chicago proper, obviously the United Center. Um, but here's why you know it's great, right? Raw's coming to Chicago on August 2nd. We've been giving tickets away, a uh, pair of tickets away all week uh, for Raw, August 2nd. AEW Rampage on August 20th at the United Center. Dynamite is on the September 1st at the Now Arena, the old Sears Center. I've worked, I've been there plenty of times and off in the States. Rampage on September 3rd at the Now Arena and then All Out on the 5th, the pay-per-view on the, on the 5th of September. It's great. There's a lot of wrestling and there's going to be a lot of tickets sold. My hope is, as we record this, my hope is, is that we will be able to um, give tickets away. And again, I'll keep you abreast of that if you just follow me on Wrestling TWT on um, Instagram and Twitter will let you know if we're going to give tickets away. I'm trying to negotiate that now because there's a lot of tickets and they might be all sold out. Who knows? Uh, AEW is a hot ticket in Chicago. It's a hot ticket in a lot of different places across the country, as you see as well, uh, as including New York at the Arthur Ashe uh, Tennis Stadium that holds a ton of people. That's uh, pretty close to a sellout from what I read as well. So AEW is a hot ticket. So... Finally, let me get to uh, the last part of my thoughts about AEW. And that is the last two main events on AEW Dynamite. Two weeks ago, we saw John Moxley against Lance Archer in a Texas death match for the IWGP uh, the television champion, the United States Championship, right? And then this past Wednesday night, we saw Nick Gage against Chris Jericho in a crazy, crazy match. Uh, let me talk about both of those matches. If you are Tony Khan, you're hot-shotting your company against nothing. You're not hot-shotting against NXT because NXT ran away. They went to Tuesday nights, and you have Wednesday night by yourself all alone. Wednesday nights. And hot-shotting is when you are just doing anything you can, throw anything against the wall to try to get ratings. Or back in the day, you're hot-shotting to be able to get tickets because, uh, as we've heard from old promoters, Man, if we don't have some blood here, or if we don't have a concession stand brawl, or if we don't have uh, a double juice Russian chain match, or if we don't have wrestlers brawling all over the building on a hot angle, we're going to lose our business. We're going to shut down. And so this is what hot shotting was back in the day. And what I'm seeing here, the last couple of shows here, is Tony Khan hot shotting the territory for no reason. No reason at all. If I wanted to watch CZW or some lowly, small-time, 
uh, independent outfit, I can find that on YouTube or I can find that someplace for my own enjoyment. But I don't enjoy matches like what we've seen the last couple of weeks for main events. Now, some will say, well, John, look what happened here. You've, you've got AEW Dynamite is over a million people watching the last couple of weeks. I'm 1.1, 1.2 million. I don't care. I don't care. Here's what Tony Khan's got to understand. John Moxley against Lance Archer, where John Moxley's got, what was it? Was it a screwdriver? He's got a fork, and he's just driving it into the forehead of Lance Archer in a Texas death match. Well, that's not any Texas death match I remember over the years. They did not redefine the Texas death match by having that match. John Moxley is so comfortable now in his own blood or ripping someone's uh, forehead open because that's who he was before he was under the WWE brand, before he was with Florida Championship Wrestling into the WWE. That's who he was. And I loved his promos. And I know he was about blood and guts and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but not to the point where that's all you are in matches like this. I mean... I'm sure that was shot back in Japan. They've probably sent that tape to Japan, and I'm sure that they, you know, they aired this match. But it's kind of like, well, what's the point? What's the point? Is that all John Moxley is? When I hear Jim Ross say that he's the closest thing to Stone Cold Steve Austin, I don't believe any of that. Just like I don't believe that, you know, Sammy Guevara is the next Gino Hernandez. I think Jim's wrong about that as well. John Moxley is his own guy. Uh, but the point is, though, is that John Moxley cannot be going to CZW on Lance Archer on TNT with a fork, stabbing it into the forehead of Lance Archer. So Tony Khan says, okay, that's cool. Well, let me double down on this and have garbage wrestler Nick Gage take on Chris Jericho. And so Chris Jericho is getting mass transit across his his, uh, forehead with a pizza cutter via Nick Gage. Now, I knew that there was going to be some blood because I'm, fam- I'm not familiar with everything he's done. I, of course, I saw Dark Side of the Ring, so I saw that. And I've seen video of him. But I'm not going out of my way again to see this guy wrestle because that's not wrestling. I don't know what that is, but that's not wrestling. And so all of a sudden, I'm watching a, a, a pane of glass. Guys going through a pane of gra- a glass. I'm seeing pizza cutters. I'm seeing stuff that's not pro wrestling. I'm seeing stuff that's not even sports entertainment. But somehow, some way, there's Tony Khan doubling down. And in picture in picture, you're seeing Chris Jericho receiving uh, not only a cut on his his uh, bicep, but also just the guy going across Chris Jericho's forehead with a pizza cutter. In Charlotte. A wrestling tradition city. If you hadn't seen wrestling in Charlotte in 30 years or whatever the hell, if you haven't seen that uh, since the NWA or Jim Crocker Promotions or even WCW, you say, oh, man, I haven't seen wrestling in a long time. I'm going to go to Bojangles Arena. I'm going to see this. And then you see that? You're not coming back. Some people are recoiling at that because that ain't wrestling. And Chris Jericho has done a lot of things that's been over the top, like that whole thing he's falling off of the, the cage, you know, in the, in the matchup in which MJF is bleeding and he's bleeding and Chris Jericho having to fall from, what, 30 feet down? He's had a lot of bumps for a guy up in age, that is for sure. And then, uh, accepting this match, 
having glass and all this other garbage that's in the room. It's like, what, what is the point of this? Who are you entertaining with this? And then there was no, like, warning. As far as I can remember watching TNT, usually, even on movies, they'll give you, like, this big this screen that says, hey, this is for mature audiences only. Don't do this at home, all that. And no, no, there's Gage with the pizza cutter just putting the mass trance and just going across Jericho's forehead in picture-in-picture picture while a State Farm commercial is running or whatever the hell. I mean, really? Really? Is that where we've come to? You don't have to hot shot the territory. Just because you are you have 1.1, 1.2 million people watching on the night it airs, and then it ends up probably being another five, six hundred thousand people on DVR or or um, social media, however people are viewing this. You don't have to do this. I watch some AEW matches at times and say, shouldn't I be paying for this? Shouldn't this be on pay-per-view? The Gage-Jericho should have been a lights-out match where it's on pay-per-view and not on TNT. You may have lost some people by having that match on. You might have lost some people with Moxley and Archer. Now, if you're into that, that's great, but I'm not. I'm a professional wrestling fan. I'm not a sports entertainment fan, and I'm not not fan of that shit, whatever that was. That's awful. And Tony Khan, again... Uh, really hot shining the territory against himself. There's nothing, he's not doing it against anyone. There's no other wrestling show. I mean, to be able to receive a million viewers the night that you air against the Olympics is pretty cool. That's great. But what does that say for your business when you do this in back to back weeks? And I, I, there's no way that I could say, well, you know, if TNT says it's cool, then it's cool. It's not. Let me get your feedback on all this at Wrestling TWT. Love to love when you uh, interact with me on Twitter and also on Instagram to tell me what you think of what you've been seeing as of late with wrestling. All right, we're going to see if we can get that uh, quarterly call uh, from Vince McMahon and also from Nick Khan. We'll find out what they have to say uh, about the latest in the WWE. We'll try to get that quarterly call up there for our podcast listeners like you. And as always, I appreciate you listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with me. And all I ever ask is to tell people that Jonathan Hood Talks Wrestling, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, every single week, right here, wherever you catch this podcast. Thanks so much, as always, for your support. And we'll have more because, man, there's so much going on with WWE, AEW, and everything else in between right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday.